Check one, two, one, two, three. Check one, two, three. One, two, three. Check one, two. Previously on the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Yeah, it's just a, it's a grind, especially college. I think, I actually think coaching in the NFL is less of a a grind because you're not dealing with as much stuff. I would agree with that. It's more of a business, more of a tunneled in, right. doing your thing. You're doing the football thing. You can, you're doing the football thing, but uh, they may not be doing the football thing on Sunday where Spiels is in Indianapolis. Hi, everybody. It's a Friday edition of the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. I've uh, been on the phone with the big man from his luxury hotel in indianapolis i won't reveal his uh residence on the road but it's not a residence in trust me on that no no but they have closed the colts facility and their game against the Bengals on sunday is in some degree of doubt although when i spoke to chris a little while ago he said he still thinks it will happen the colts are confirming or not confirming or at least they're they're finding out whether four apparent positive tests uh, in fact show up positive a second time when they test today and if so what will that mean for the game don't know we don't even know if it's players or personnel coaches support people but that Bengals Colts game is at least in some degree of doubt which might not be the worst thing for the Bengals since the former Buckeye Sam Hubbard is out of the game so we will discuss that and uh, Nick Saban is also apparently shelved, although there's a way Nick Saban might coach against Georgia on Saturday night. UC against Tulsa is postponed because of a coronavirus outbreak at Cincinnati. This is um, giving the media people who cover college football, but who have been very willing to engage in coronavirus scolding about how unsafe everything is, ample reason to jump on the I told you so position. I just don't understand how on one hand you can write and tweet and extol how excited you are about college football and on the other, you know, tut tut everybody about, well, yeah, you know, this is you should have planned on this. It is a virus. Viruses are here's a revelation, viral. They are contagious. People get them. People of college football age are not dying in the same numbers as people who are over 70, obese, immunocompromised, or otherwise at risk. So while I know that there's plenty of ways to point at, say, Florida having 19 personnel test positive and force the postponement of Florida and LSU, and there's plenty of, you know, uh, 
leeway to criticize Dan Mullen, the Florida coach, who said once Ron DeSantis lifted the prohibition on attending sports events in Florida, he wanted a full stadium at the Swamp. You know, you can scold Dan Mullen. I just think it's very disingenuous of people to continue to go down this road. It's like, we've heard it. We know your objections. We get it. We'd like to continue living our lives, and we are hopefully about to enter an eight-week period where Ohio State will not have any any postponements because they're only going to play eight games if everything goes perfectly in the Big Ten, starting with Nebraska next Saturday, noon on Fox. The second week, Penn State. I kind of wonder, is it realistic to expect that Ohio State could go through the entire season and not have a key player or a coach test positive for coronavirus. The Big Ten's protocol is if you test positive, you sit for 21 days. That's at least two games, and if it's ill-timed, it could be three games. So Ryan Day this week said that he tells his players, assume everybody you meet has the virus. Now, this is not a criticism of Ryan because I understand why he would say that, but man, is that a lousy way to go through life. Again, I'm not criticizing him. I get why he's saying that. He doesn't want Justin Fields or... Tyreek Smith or Zach Harrison or Tuff Borland or any of his guys to show up test positive and not have access to them, although heaven for you know, I mean heaven knows they won't need it. They can they can afford to lose any of them after week two up until they play Michigan in the season finale and maybe even then and not bear any consequences in terms of a loss because somebody's missing. But it's just just on its face, like to look at everybody in a suspicious way, like, oh, they might have the COVID and I might get, you know dire uh, dire health consequences from I just don't think generally that's a great way to go through life nor do I think it's a great way to go through life wearing masks but I wear a mask and you know we've been over this time and time and time again so Browns and Steelers play Sunday so far the only health issues in that one uh, involve Odell Beckham being sent home from Browns headquarters on Thursday now this morning all Browns have tested negative for COVID so Apparently, Odell Beckham is fine to play at this juncture Sunday in Pittsburgh. Baker Mayfield is not fine, but he doesn't have COVID. He has bruised ribs. That's a bad thing to have when you're playing the Steelers and their top-rated pass rush in the National Football League. They average five sacks a game, and in four games, have hit the quarterback 50 times. Man, you talk about your intersection of bad statistics. What is going to happen to poor Joe Burrow when he has to play the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yikes. Um, so anyway, T.J. Watt, Stephon Tuitt, Cameron Hayward, those are the guys that the Browns have to worry about on Sunday because, hey, Cam Hayward said it. Now, you know, this will get some people upset, but this is football and it's reality, okay? Cam Hayward said that they hope to, quote, inflict good punishment, unquote, on Baker Mayfield. There will be those who will react to that. Oh, what are you talking about? If Mayfield would happen to get injured. Oh, the Steelers, blah, blah, blah. He's talking about good, clean, hard football hits taking Baker Mayfield out of the game because any team that loses its starting quarterback presumably would be worse off with its backup quarterback, although the Browns have Case Keenum, and I think Case Keenum would do fine. Pittsburgh would not do fine if they had to replace Ben Roethlisberger with Mason Rudolph. Look at last season's Browns game, the Miles Garrett helmet-swinging game. You might not remember, but the Browns won that game, and they won it quite comfortably because Mason Rudolph is not anywhere close to Ben Roethlisberger. So that is a huge game in the AFC North. I love seeing the Browns play relevant games against the Bengals 
and the Steelers and the Ravens. I think the AFC North and the NFC East are the two divisions where I uh, might the uh, NFC with uh, the Bears, the Vikings, the Packers, and I can't remember the other team in that division. Lions. Okay, so that takes that division out because I was going to say that's a the black and blue division they used to call it. Uh, that's a division where every single game you play is a rivalry game. Now I know your you know your division games are rivalry games, but you know Browns and Bengals every single game they play in the division is indeed a rivalry game because you know their proximity geographically to Pittsburgh, their proximity geographically to each other, and Baltimore because Baltimore used to be the Browns and because they have won a couple Super Bowls and the Ravens play with a certain edge a certain physicality that people don't like unless they're your team, and then you love it. So the AFC North is also distinct in that every quarterback was a first-round pick. When I last checked it, so I'm going to qualify it a little bit because I haven't checked it this year, but when I last checked it, the AFC North was the only division with four first-round draft picks starting at quarterback. And it has three Heisman Trophy winners. Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, Joe Burrow. Ben Roethlisberger, not going to win a Heisman Trophy at Miami of Ohio, but Ben is, without question, the most successful of those four in the NFL. He's got a couple Super Bowls. So I love seeing Browns and Steelers relevant. I'll be dialed in on that game on Sunday. Willis Spangler Starling remains the official law firm of the Spielman & Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Stan, Kelly, all the great attorneys at Willis Spangler Starling are equipped to help you with whatever your legal needs are. I encourage you to go to willisattorneys.com and read their helpful blog. It's best to know what your legal rights are, how they can be protected. It's an ever-changing landscape out there for business owners, for individuals. Important issues in your life you need to have buttoned up include wills and estate planning, Also, perhaps you're involved in a workers' compensation claim. They can handle that. Personal injury always threatens every time you step outside your home. Just advice on a contract, reading a contract. Don't sign your name to something unless you know exactly what it is. And Willis Spangler Starling has helped me with my contract and my current employment situation. I can't recommend them highly enough. Willis Spangler Starling. They're not a one-man band, but they're not like a huge office building full of attorneys. Right there in a sweet spot of a friendly staff with a manageable number of people, so you'll get to know everybody on a personal basis. And I think when you get to a point in life where you're successful and you've got every box checked on how you want things to go, the box that you hopefully have checked, but many people don't, is who's your go-to attorney? Who do you have that you know in any situation you can call and get great advice and that is Willis Spangler Starling. So their website is willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com. And please, please let them know you heard about them on the Spielman and Hooley podcast. If the Bengals don't play the Colts because of COVID, here will be the likely fix to that on the schedule. They will just move the Bengals-Colts game to next week. And then the Browns and Bengals game, which is supposed to happen next week in Cincinnati, will likely be moved to week nine because both the Browns and the Bengals have a bye in week nine. I would keep my eye on that. That seems to me to be the most plausible scenario available to the NFL. Well, 
little NBA news. Teron Liu, the coach who coached the Cavaliers to the NBA championship, is back with a head coaching opportunity. He's going to be the head coach of the L.A. Clippers. So Doc Rivers out, trying to get the most out of Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and the other talent the Clippers have. They're going to turn to Ty Liu. I think he'll do a good job there. Uh, Doc Rivers... Doc Rivers has this huge reputation, but he hasn't delivered very many titles. I think just one with the Celtics. So, uh, yeah, Teron Lue, why not? He seems like a good guy. He held LeBron accountable. He's probably the only coach who ever has. And um, I wish him well. I'd love it because I don't want LeBron to get any more titles. (laughs) Uh, One thing that uh, is sort of out there on the fringes of college football that may interest you as an Ohio State fan, even though it doesn't directly affect Ohio State, but it involves... Urban Meyer speculation, and it involves the former boy genius Tom Herman, who's now the head coach at Texas. You know their loss this past weekend to Oklahoma was the seventh time, seventh, that Tom Herman has lost to an unranked team as a Texas Longhorns head coach. Seventh time. That's a lot. Uh, they are 2-2. Two and two. They should be 1-3. and three. They got lucky they rallied and came back against Texas Tech. Now, this has given rise to, of course, Tom Herman on the hot seat, Tom Herman getting fired, and whenever coach a place like Texas is going to get fired, the name Urban Meyer will come up. I understand it. I was called by an Austin radio station this week to go on and talk about Urban Meyer. This is all pure speculation as it concerns Urban Meyer in Texas. Okay, But is Texas the kind of a place where Urban Meyer would come back if he wanted to come back? Well, sure. Is USC the kind of place Urban would be, you know, Likely to evaluate for however long? Sure. Because, look, Urban's not going to take a job at TCU, okay? I mean, there are mountains that Urban can climb, and then there are mountains that no one can climb. And so he's not going to take a job at a place where he can't win a national championship. And he's at, what, like 56 years old? And he's already having won two. He's not going to go someplace where it's going to take him four, five, six years to ferret out the average to below average talent that's there and replace it with the kind of talent that he's won with at Florida and Ohio State. So, of course, Texas would appeal to him just in terms of the first test. Can I win a national championship there within three years? Answer, yes. Can I win one at Florida within three years? Answer, yes. Ohio State, answer, yes. So, Texas, Tom Herman, not getting the job done, not getting what they paid for. Of course, he's going to look at it. What are the similarities? Let's compare Texas and USC. And eh, no disrespect to Clay Helton. I've told you my rule is never hire the interim. Clay Helton was an interim. Never hire him. Yes, I know Ryan Day was an interim. But that was a little bit different in that Ryan was like the interim for three games and then Urban came back. So you got a chance to evaluate Ryan. And then Ryan went back to his regular job as offensive coordinator. It wasn't like... You know, Luke Fickle was an interim where they moved Luke Fickle in when they fired Jim Tressel, and Luke had an entire season. So I'm in favor of never hiring the interim. And yes, I know Dabo was an interim. He's the exception to the rule. He's not the rule. So as it concerns Texas, what are the similarities to Ohio State? Well, obviously, it's a legacy program in a league that, like the Big Ten was when Urban came, is down, underachieving, Big 12. Nobody plays defense. If Urban can get the kind of recruits that he's placed in the NFL to play defense at Texas, he will have unquestionably one of the best defenses in the country, not just the absolute only good defense in the Big 12. Would Urban turn heads? Would Urban make Texas recruits 
do now what they used to do when Mac Brown was there, which was just wait for a call from Mac. And if he called him, yes, the answer was yes. Of course, Urban would do that. Uh, you look at guys like Jeff Okuda, J.K. Dobbins, Baron Browning, J.T. Barrett. Urban's already proven he can recruit in Texas when he was, what, 1,500 miles away in Ohio because he's Urban Meyer. So elite recruits in-state, checks that box. All the money you could ever want to have whatever opulent facilities and recruiting budget you want, check that box. Great tradition, name recognition, check that box. League he can dominate, check that box. Access to a national championship via the college football playoff, if I go undefeated, check that box. A, a pleasant place for his family to live, check that box. Austin, Texas, great place to live. A little bohemian for my taste, but can you get a beautiful place in Austin, Texas on a golf course like Muirfield's home or like, like Urban's home on the seventh hole at Muirfield Village? Yeah, of course. State capital, so there's a lot going on, enough that you can fly below the radar. I never bought ever, ever, ever the scenario Urban going back to Notre Dame. Too hard to win there, too much intra-university politics, and I couldn't see his family living in South Bend. Just can't see it. Can I see him living in Austin? Sure. Oh, I left out one big-time benefit to being at Texas, something that not even Ohio State offers. Texas has its own network. It doesn't even have to share time. Like, you know, occasionally you watch the Big Ten Network and you think, hey, this is cool. They have Ohio State programming on here. I can watch this particular win over Michigan, or I can watch this great, you know, basketball memory that Ohio State gave me. But then, of course, you have to also put up with, because, you know, everything's equal, Rutgers Day and Nebraska Day on the Big Ten. And they'll show, like, Nebraska playing Miami in the Orange Bowl, and you're thinking, I don't remember Nebraska being in the Big Ten then, because, of course, they weren't in the Big Ten then. But if they showed just Nebraska highlights from their time in the Big Ten, uh, Nebraska Day would take about 12 minutes. So the Longhorn Network, I would think, if you're urban, would be like, hmm, wonder what I could do with my own television network. A reminder, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters is the official coffee of the Spielman Hooli We Tackle Life podcast. I'm heading out to Hemisphere today, going to pick up a box of coffee for Spiels so that when he's back from Indy, he will start his morning in the way that he prefers with a cup of Hunter's Blend or House Blend. Delicious coffee. And the one thing I obviously love about Hemisphere is they're missionary-minded. They buy from growers direct so that the growers get more money, plug that money into their local economies, doing great things. Indonesia, Thailand, around the world, Nicaragua, another country. And very, very soon, I think Hemisphere is going to be a partner on the Bruce Hooley Show on 98.9 The Answer. So hopefully you're listening to that show 5 to 7. And you can always uh, reach out to me there, Bruce at 98.9 The Answer. Hope you'll accompany us uh, in drive time as we try to take you through the news events of the day and share a little bit of sports knowledge as well. And the uh, answer is the home of the Cleveland Browns. So if you're looking for a place to listen to the Browns game on Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers, 989theanswer.com or 98.9 on your FM dial. But remember, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters gives you 15% off when you order using the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps. Light, medium, dark roast, whole bean, ground, K-cups, you name it, they've got it. It's all delicious. HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com, promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps. Now we go to USC, where I think Clay Helton will eventually be fired Maybe he lasts another year, but if he loses that opener at Arizona State, they're, the Wolves are going to be howling at his door. They should have fired him when they had the chance last year. Okay, so Clay Helton and USC. USC, same as Texas, 
selects who it wants. It's the legacy program. I know UCLA is across town, but USC is the program. All the Heisman Trophy winners, all the great tradition, the Trojan Victory March, Traveler, on and on and on and on. The Song Girls. I mean, USC's tradition. Uh, I'm fascinated by it because as a little kid, you know, I was uh, I drank Ohio State's tradition down every single day. USC's, you'd get like one big gulp at Christmas time when you'd see them in the Rose Bowl. And you'd see just beautiful sunshine and all this stuff, and you'd be like, man, USC, that's so cool. But living in L.A. compared to living in Austin, uh, I think the Hollywood thing would intrigue Urban because it's pretty cool to be able to recruit guys with Will Ferrell and Snoop Dogg and people like that standing on the sidelines at your practices. Would his family like it in L.A.? I think, you know, there'd be some... Who's not? Whose head is not turned some, some, maybe not a lot, but some, by celebrity... Movie stars, all that stuff. So, yeah, sure. Can you find beautiful places to live in L.A.? Yeah. Are there headaches to living in L.A.? Yeah. Have you followed the news, like L.A. lockdowns and all kinds of high taxes and things like that? Texas has no state tax. So Texas could pay Urban less in base salary. USC would have to pay him a ton more for the money to be equal. But I just think the headache of living in L.A., being all the way across the country, from Texas, you can pull recruits from both coasts from both parts of the country, because you're right in the center of the country. It's not too far for a kid from California to come and play. It's not too far from a kid from New Jersey to come and play, a kid from Ohio to come and play. To me, the Texas job is vastly superior to the USC job. And I think the USC job is one of the top mm, three jobs in the country. I'd say Texas, I'd say USC, and I'd say Ohio State are the top three jobs in the country. Uh, Alabama, you can argue Alabama. I get it. They win a lot, but mm, I just don't. I just think those other three, first of all, how hard is it to win in the SEC? Saban can do it. You sure the next guy can do it like that? I'm not. You walk into the Pac-12 if you're Urban Meyer. You walk into the Pac-12 to the Big 12 if you're Urban Meyer. It's like the same thing as when he walked into the Big 10 in the Rich Rodriguez era. I mean, that's like a no-brainer. But the big question, of course, is does he want to coach? And we don't know that. We don't know that. The only way we would be able to know that is if we knew how close to the fulfillment he got from coaching is what he's doing now, doing TV. All the TV analysts who used to be coaches say, ah, it's great, you never lose a game, you know, there's no pressure and all that kind of stuff. But you also don't have that same identity and same uh, close relationship with your players. Urban you know, knows players and watches players and all that kind of stuff. But it's a different deal mentoring those players, coaching those players, taking their dreams as high school kids, as five stars, and making them come to fruition like seeing a Chase Young or a Jeff Okuda or a Joey Bosa or a Nick Bosa drafted, you know, Ezekiel Elliott drafted in the top five of the NFL. That gives you, I would think, a fulfillment that you can't match as a TV analyst on Fox. Now, on the other hand, to do that stuff with those kids, you got to be at the facility all the time. You got to be grinding all the time. You got to be single minded. You got to be on the phone all the time. And as a TV analyst, ah, it's a pretty good gig. You fly out to LA on a Thursday night or a Friday morning and you do your thing and you come back and people pay attention to what you say and everything you say makes headlines and you have a few yucks on the set with the guys. You get to go to all the big games. You don't ever have to coach a Rutgers game. Because you're always at the best game of the week if you're on the road or otherwise you're in the studio. So neither lifestyle stinks. They're both great. Would he be able to get the support staff around him that he wants to follow him to wherever he goes next? Because it's indisputable that Mark Pantone, Ohio State's, in effect, GM, 
does a great job on the recruiting front. He's always been with Urban. Well, if Urban's not coaching, then Pantone's free to stay with Ryan Day, and he's knocking it out of the park with Ryan Day. But is Mark Pantone an Urban Meyer guy through thick and thin, or is Mark Pantone, now that he's been here in Columbus, Ohio, for, what, eight, eight years? Is Mark Pantone and his family at a place where moving just doesn't make sense for them? I used to call it the Meyer Mafia. Pantone, Mickey Marotti, and Vol- Brian Voltolini. Mickey Marotti's a strength coach. Uh, is he? Does he want to take bite off another challenge at another place? Does he want to follow Urban, Florida, Columbus, Austin? Don't know. Mickey Marotti's pretty good life here in Ohio. Ryan Day's all in with Mickey Marotti just like Urban was. So it's not like Mickey now finds himself working for somebody who intrudes on what he wants to do. No, Mickey Marotti's the boss of the strength program, and he will stay that way as long as Ryan Day is here. Brian Voltolini, eh, his role's a little bit more, uh, more murky. He's essentially, Brian Voltolini is the guy who does everything so the head coach can coach. It's whatever he needs done, he does it. I referred to him during the uh, urban Big Ten Chicago Zach Smith controversy as the uh, Harvey Keitel character from Pulp Fiction. Voltolini's the fixer. Phone needs erased. This needs to happen. That needs to happen. Voltolini's your guy. Uh, as Chris Carter used to say, got to have a fall guy, right? Voltolini does whatever the coach needs him to do. And that requires what between him and the head coach? Trust. Total trust. Willing to throw yourself on a grenade for the head coach. That's important. You got to have that guy. Now, does Urban have another guy who could do that? I don't know. Maybe. But if he deems his Meyer Mafia, Voltolini, Marotti, and Pantone, guys that he can't do without, and those guys tell him, you know, I know you want to put the band back together, but we kind of like the band we're in right now. And our families are like too old to move, and we like Columbus, and everything's great, and we're rolling, and who else in the Big Ten is a threat to us? And they say, no thanks. Then I think it makes it far less likely, far less likely that Urban goes. And it's not because Urban doesn't think he can win anywhere. He knows he can win anywhere he goes. He's got the gift. He's got the charisma. He's got the talent. He's got it. But if you've won the places you've been with certain guys in positions of trust and they know what you need done, getting new guys to do those same things and do them as well as the guys who've done it before at an elite level, that's not a sure thing. So I think that is the undervalued piece of the whole Urban Meyer equation. The family piece is important. Back when he was a dad and he had kids at home, you know, Nikki and Nate and Gigi were at home. Well, they all had to make sacrifices. You know, he talked about the family a lot when he came to Ohio State. He was going to be different. I don't know that he was different a ton. He was some. Still single-minded, still tunneled in, still, you know, obvious from the pictures of him bent over on the sidelines, stressing about every single play. So his health is bound to be a big factor in whatever he does, and certainly his wife and his family will have a say in that. I just know in personal experience, it's often the case that once you get past a situation, when things are really, really bad, you forget how bad they were or when they were bad. And hopefully that's not the case with Urban. I will say this. It's unquestionable that college football is better with Urban Meyer in it than it is with him not in it. And as long as Ryan Day's at Ohio State, it's not like Ohio State is going to suffer in any way, shape, or form. Hey, speaking of health, now's open enrollment time, and it gives you the one opportunity during the year to reassess your health insurance. Maybe it's great. Maybe it is. Maybe your family situation has changed. Maybe you had someone who's now moved out of the house. They're in college, and 
you know, or you're in an age where you've decided you're not going to have any more children, so the maternity benefits that you had in your old policy that you maybe had for 10 years don't apply anymore. It's a good time to take stock of what you have, what you're paying for. Has your doctor changed? Is your hospital the one you prefer to go to in case of an emergency? Chrissy and the AUI team, health insurance brokerage in Akron, licensed to work throughout the state of Ohio. They know all the plans, all the features, what they are, and they'll put you with the best plan. And no, they don't have plans they'll stick you with because they get compensated more. They give you the absolute best coverage. They're licensed to put you with anybody. So auiinfo.com, auiinfo.com, that is the place to go. And tell them you heard about them on the Spielman and Hooley podcast. All right. Hopefully it hasn't come across today, but we have had nothing but extreme technical difficulties with the recording of this podcast. You might wonder why it's released so late in the morning. This is why. So I don't have a ton of time before this uh, crazy computer program crashes on me again. I do want to share with you, as we do every uh, podcast at the end of the podcast, something from the faith perspective. And I think the uh, image that I want to leave you with today is of Jesus as the good shepherd protecting a flock of sheep. You know, if you are a person of faith, you know that image throughout the Bible. Um, King David was a shepherd. And what does it mean to be a shepherd? Perhaps the pastor at your congregation you view as a shepherd. Well, a shepherd back in biblical times would spend all his time with the sheep and protect them from predators lions, bears, whatever it was. And when you think about a shepherd, a shepherd's charge was to lead the sheep to where the grasses were, where it could graze, to protect them, to rescue them if they got in trouble. A shepherd's crook is a long staff with a hook on it, so if a sheep got in a tight spot in a rock crevice or something like that, shepherd would use his crook to grab the sheep you know, around the neck and pull it to safety. <coughs> so... To think about a shepherd implies leadership, and it and, and implies casting a vision, knowing where you're going to go, knowing where the flock needs to go, knowing where a congregation needs to go. If you're a business owner, you are a leader, you are a shepherd of sorts. Uh, rescuing, whether it's uh, someone in a congregation who is struggling because of a grief situation in their family, somebody who's going through a crisis, rescuing is putting your life aside, the priorities in your life, to come to someone else's aid. Uh, and I think that is the essence of leadership, is laying down your agenda and prioritizing what someone else needs. It implies sacrifice. It implies elevating others above yourself. And then also shepherds bonded with their flocks. They nurtured them. They loved them. They knew each one individually. And that is what I have found as I have dug deeper into the Word of God, is the true uh, closeness of a relationship with Christ. And it is a daily thing that I try to nurture, just like I do my marriage, just like I do my relationship with my kids. We have a lot of things pressing on us as men. We're providers. We're, you know, creatures of habit. We want to get our workout in. We want to do this. we got to tend to our jobs and all those things. But don't neglect those important relationships 
that need that nurturing, that need that support. Your kids need it from you. They need you to lead them. They need you to cast a vision for your family where you're going. They will need you at times to set aside your agenda for their agenda. Maybe you got to miss a meeting. Maybe you got to miss something that you think is an event you can't afford to do without because of the future of your job or the future of your business. But those are the kinds of moments you have where I would encourage you to think hard about what you are going to tell your child or your spouse by sacrificing something that they know is important to you for the elevating of what's important to them. Uh, And I believe that is definitely in keeping with the way that Jesus laid his life aside, not just to save us from our sins and provide salvation, but to show his disciples how much he loved them by healing the sick. He showed other people how much he loved them by having patience to listen and wisdom to share with people. Uh, He's the essence of the good shepherd, and he's the model that I try to emulate as the leader of my home. So uh, that's not real deep, but hopefully it gives you a visual image that you can hold on to for strength and encouragement as you approach the weekend. Uh, I am going to back on out of here before this computer crashes one more time, and I have to redo this for about the seventh time. So I hope you have a great weekend. Um, No music to end it with because every single strain I put on this computer freaks it out. We'll get these technical issues uh, addressed and be back Monday when Spiels is back from Indy, uh, game or no game. And we will talk to you then here on the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast.